0: Amen. Amen. How many of you heard that before, that poem, or heard it read? I thought the video depicted it very well. It's a different kind of sermon today. It's as if the Lord said, You know, Harold, you really challenge people every week. Um, You speak the truth, you speak it in love. And sometimes people leave. And they go, "Man, that was that was tough." That's okay. Um, but he said something different for this week, for this Sunday, because you're those people. You're that person in that video. I'm that person in that video. Some of you are here this morning, and you think God's not carrying you, and you just see one set of footprints in the sand, and you think it's yours. That you're carrying the load. And I just want to tell you this morning, God's faithful. He's carrying you. We can't do anything in and of ourselves. We don't deserve what he did for us. And I want to encourage you this morning because I believe our faith will rise up at the end of this sermon. Because like I said a few weeks ago, at the end of the sermon, that's just the end of the preaching part. Then the rest of the sermon the rest of the week for all of us. Watching the line here. But we all need to know that our faith is not going to rise to much of a level if we don't have a faithful God that we trust in. Our faith is only going to rise as, as much as we trust God. But we don't trust God as much as we should because we don't know His nature as like we should. We don't know His character like we should. So this morning, I'm to challenge... I'm, here, there, there's a word challenge. I'm going to ask you to consider the faithfulness of God. Is that my wife's phone going off? If you don't know the name, if there's not a name on there, that's a that's one of those calls. Okay. Man, I was in the middle of some dynamic point there. (laughs) 2 Timothy 2.13 says this, If we are faithless, He, God, remains faithful. He cannot deny Himself. If that's a good verse. He can't deny. Listen, God is love. He can't be not love. Okay? He's faithful. He can't be unfaithful. So that should give us some hope this morning that when we are not full of faith, when we are not being, when we're not walking by faith, but we're walking by sight, that he hasn't given up and he's still walking with us. He's still carrying us through these difficult times. He's always faithful, always will be. But as humans, listen, we're not always faithful, but we like faithful. I mean, I know many of you in here in this room, many of you have been divorced. You like faithful. I like faithful. I want my wife to be faithful to me. She wants me to be faithful to her. But what happens in marriages when, when the, when, when there's, when there is a split or a divorce or a separation, it's because one or the other or probably both are not faithful. And I'm not talking about it so much to each other. They, they quit being faithful to God. That's where it always begins with the married couples. If they're both Christians and they come into my office and they're needing some counseling, they're needing some help, it's because in some area of their life they quit being faithful because they didn't recognize that God was always going to be faithful to them and for them. God is never unfaithful. He never fails. He never gives up. He's dependable. He never stops loving us. Some of you this morning, you may think, Well, God, I've done so many bad things, God's quit loving me. That's just a lie from the pit of hell. Just a lie. And if you if you walk out of here this morning thinking, Well, God doesn't love me, then you're not listening. So I'm gonna right now I just bind your ears to the to the word of God that you would hear the word of God this morning, that you would have ears to hear. Say, I want to have ears to hear. Open my ears, Lord. Give me ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Not what I'm saying, but what the Spirit of God is saying to you. Because some of you, whatever I preach this morning, the Spirit of God is going to take one word and it's going to mean something to you. It'll mean something else to you. Right? That's what He means by having ears to hear. What the Spirit is saying to us. We have this thing called a walk of faith. He's called us to walk by faith and not by sight. So today I want to pray that each of us gets a revelation of faith so that in this season of our lives whatever season you're in we're all in different seasons that you will rise up and take hold of the faith that god's already put within you i love the, the fact that the our story is being still being written for our life did y'all know that god bless you our story is still being written you know why because you're still breathing on this side of heaven So you're still writing your story. So you you may say, well, my story, it it really stinks so far, but it doesn't have to stay that way because this is a new day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It's a choice to rejoice. So So we're going to move forward this morning. Hebrews 11, I've already touched on this a few weeks ago. It's called the Hall of Faith. If you want to mark that in your Bible, we're not going to look at it today, but I just want to remind you, in the Hall of Faith, he was listing all these people that were faithful. And I'm going to tell you what, God always listed a lot of people that were not faithful all the time in that book. In that chapter of Hebrews 11, He actually mentioned people that says, by faith, so and so, by faith, so and so, by faith, so and so. But all, when you go back and look at their individual lives, they didn't always walk by faith. That encourages me. Should encourage you. But I want, I want God, and see, He says when He comes back, He's looking for people of faith. He's looking for faith. And I want my story to say, I want my story to be an extension of Hebrews 11. I think everybody in here, we should want our story to be an extension of Hebrews 11. By faith, Brandy continued on and trusted God in her life and in her marriage and with her children. By faith, Rudy kept going forward. And even at the hospital, when things looked bad, he never gave up. And he continued to walk the walk of faith. By faith, by faith, by faith. And I could call out everybody in here and just say, by faith. By faith. By faith. I'm going to walk it out. See, it's, it's everything we do in the spirit realm is by faith. And listen, faith isn't logical. It's like an oxymoron if you say logical faith. It's not logical. Oh, you mean if I go underwater and I'm baptized, that, that, that pleases God? That's not logical. Getting out of a boat, a good boat in a storm and walking on water, that's not logical. Speaking to a mountain, that's not logical. Mountain move. That's not logical. Faith goes way beyond logic. It's something we cannot see. But we have to trust God that he's going to do it because he said in his word he would. Amen? I love the story of Peter. Uh, Man, he was probably the most identifiable character for many people in the word of God. Men and women both. Man, he was, he was all gung, he was gung-ho for Jesus. And he says, and Jesus said, Well, Peter, who do people say that I'm well, you're the Christ, the Son of the Living God? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good Peter. Well, Peter, you know I'm gonna have to go to the cross, I'm gonna have to die. Well, no, 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 you're not gonna die. And then Jesus said, and this is immediately after he just said that about him, he said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Okay, faithful, unfaithful. Believing, not so believing. All right? And then we go and look at the story of Peter's life. The day that Jesus was arrested, right before he was arrested, Peter said, man, I'll go to the death with you, man. I want to defend you. There ain't nobody going to take my Savior. And Jesus said, well, Peter, that's not totally true. Before the rooster crows in the morning, you will have denied me three times. Three times. And Peter's going, to man, I'm faithful. I am faithful, Jesus. I am stick with you. And look what Jesus said to him. But I have prayed for you. Luke twenty-two, thirty-two. 32. You need to highlight this. Because Jesus is praying for us today. He's not only dancing over us and singing over us. It says he's interceding for the saints. He is our intercessor. He says this. But Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith. Say faith. That your faith should not fail. And when, I love this. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So Jesus was speaking into, he was speaking life into a a situation where Peter didn't have a clue what was going on because God's always faithful. And he said, Peter, you're going to deny me. Oh, no, no, I'm not going to deny you. Listen, I, I know, listen, I'm praying that your faith won't fail you. But see, Jesus already knows the future. Amen. He knows your future. Amen. He knows even if you fail, he's not going to fail you in the future. And he said, now, Peter, you're going to deny me, but I'm praying for you because when your when you're, when you, when faith returns, and it's going to return, Peter, you're going to strengthen the brethren. You know, if I could go on to that conversation, it'd be like, Peter, you don't know this yet because I'm God in the flesh, but you don't know this yet, but even after you deny me, you get restored. You're going to still question some things. You want to go back to go back. You want to, you want to go back to fishing. And I'm not, I'm not going to let you go back fishing. I already declared over you and prophesied over you, you're going to be a fisher of men. So on the day of Pentecost, I want you to go to wait with the rest of the 120 people. And I want you to get filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then Peter, guess what? You're going to preach to three thousand, or thousands of people. And see, he just didn't tell him everything. We don't need to be told everything God's going to do in our life or we just run. <laughs> So Peter gets up on the day of Pentecost, filled with the Holy Spirit, and preaches then, whoo, a sermon, 3,000. I say, man, that's a good preacher. 3,000 people get saved. You see, God was faithful to Peter even as Peter was unfaithful. So turn to your Bibles. That's all the pre-sermon. Whatever that is, the other warm-up. I mean, that's the warm-up band. I have done that before. I have done that many times before. Am I turning the shade of red you haven't seen before? <laughs> you ever been to a concert and they always have a warm-up band? And nowadays, they're better bands than they used to be. They get some pretty good bands, but that was the warm-up band. Okay. Turn your Bibles to Second Corinthians 3.18, then Romans 1.6, and then we're going to get into the meat of the sermon in First Corinthians 1. So I'm going to give you three verses, Second Corinthians 3. They'll be on the screen, but I'd love for you to bring your word, your Bibles, uh, Romans 1.16, and then uh, we're going to stick in 1 Corinthians 1 for a while. How many of you have heard the term or the verse that says we're changed from glory to glory? And a lot of people, well, I don't even understand what that means. And it's not a really de- definitive in a lot of ways. You can define it in a lot of ways. But for me, it, it's, let me read the verse. It says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding in the mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. In other words, the more we look at Christ, the more we're going to look like him. We're going to act like him and be like him. And that means the more we're in his presence. So I take that being in the glory to glory is being in his presence. So if you're just in his presence on Sunday morning, and then you're waiting until next Sunday morning to get in his presence again, it's going to take you a long time to look like Jesus. I'm just saying. Right? How many of you women just put your makeup on once a week? No comment. Ah, uh, that would be dangerous, wouldn't it? No, I'm serious. All right, how many of you put? How many women in here put your makeup on once a day? Wait, raise your hands. Once a day? Oh, twice a day, three times. Oh, I need help, Pastor. I got to put it on all day long. You know what I'm saying? You get in front of the mirror and you put your makeup on. You want to look? You want to look presentable? Well, that's how we get with God. If we want to be, look like God, we've got to get into, into the, His image. We've got to look at Him. We've got, we got to be face-to-face with Him more and more and more. But some of us, we look more like the world because we're, st- we're in front of that TV screen that all it does is scream the world. Oh, I just better move on. Gee. Romans 1, 16 through 7. I want to show you another verse. It's not from glory to glory. It's something else. Paul says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Do you believe? Okay. For the Jew first and also for the Greek. You come under the title of a Greek there unless you're Jewish. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Okay? As it is written, the just shall live by faith. So I'm looking at that verse. What does that mean? I've, I've studied glory to glory. I haven't studied that verse from faith to faith to faith so much. And I'm thinking, is that our faith, a, a, the revelation of God, is that we continue to walk in faith? Well, it could be. I'm not saying I, I've got it all figured out. But I'm thinking this. The more that we trust God, hang with me, the more we trust him and believe his promises and walk in those, those things that he has given us, the more we discover that he is always faithful. And the more we discover he is faithful, the more likely we are to step another step toward the getting out of the boat, getting out of the comfort zone, and believing for things that used to we might not have believed for. Does that make sense? The more you, listen, how many of you, 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 uh, let me think of an illustration. How many of you have a certain person that you take your car to, a mechanic? Anybody here that take why do you take it back to them because they're good they're trustworthy they don't charge you they don't overcharge you see we go back to the same people in the same in businesses because we found that they're trustworthy so you're going to go back to them and guess what you'll do you'll tell other people uh, you need a mechanic go see so-and-so because he's really good he's been taking care of my car for 20 years he's never he's never failed me. And that's how God is. He will never fail us. We may think it, we may say it, but he never does because his word says he can't. So once we go and we find that he's faithful, oh, he's faithful in that. He's faithful to do this in my life. So I'm going to step forward another step of faith. He's faithful there. I'm going to step farther and farther and farther into the faith walk because he's always faithful. He proves himself faithful to me. And guess what you'll do? Somebody will ask you about your life. What's what's, your, what's going on in your life? How come you seem to be happy when everybody else is sad? How come you're not getting all down because of the things that are going on in the country? And you say, well, my God is faithful. And you'll start telling them about your God. You'll tell them about your mechanic. He didn't let me down. See, that's what the world needs to hear from Christians. Not the, yeah, 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 yeah. Not the griping and the complaining. They need to hear that. Oh, my God is faithful. Amen. Woo. Now, 1 Corinthians 1. I'll say a few things that I believe will encourage you to walk more by faith than you've ever walked before. Not by your sight, not by your flesh, not by your feelings, but by faith. Faith should drive the train. Amen? This is Paul writing to one messed up church. You've got to keep that in mind when you read 1 Corinthians. Matter of fact, if you read it at all, you find out pretty quick, whoa, they had problems. And we're pretty quick to define ourselves as, well, I'm sure glad we're not like the Corinthian church. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to read just 4 through 9 in the New King James, and then we'll break it down. Paul's saying to the church, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Christ Jesus. That you were enriched in everything by Him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. So that you come short in no gift. You didn't want us to come short in any gift. Eagerly waiting for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ who will also confirm you to the end. That you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is Faithful, say it with me, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay, let's break this down. The first thing I want you to see this morning is that faith and grace work together. Really, in a Christian life, you can't have one without the other. Okay? You really can't. Well, God can't give you grace. You don't have to walk in faith, but listen, you can't get saved without it. You, I wrote this down this morning. Oh, when I was waking up, I thought, oh man, here's, what, here's, a, here's a key. Grace opens the door to faith. Grace opens the door to faith. If God did not have grace, we would not be able to get saved. I don't care how much faith you got, you're not going to get to heaven because you ain't perfect. I'm not perfect. It had to be the greatest display of grace in all of history when Jesus Christ, the Son of God, went to the cross and died for our sins. Died for the sins of everyone that's ever lived or ever will live. He died for everybody's sins. That's grace. But a lot of people don't accept that grace. A lot of people turn away from that grace. They turn away from that sacrifice. They turn away from submitting their life to Jesus Christ. But he gave everybody the the ability to have faith, to believe that he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that he is the Savior. He's given everybody that grace, that measure of grace, the measure of faith to receive that. He's given everybody that measure of faith. But listen, if you take away grace and you just walk in faith, you are going to fail, fail, fail. You know why? Because the devil will beat you up all day long. We have to know about the grace of God. That, listen, the grace of God, let, let me just read Ephesians 2, 8 for you. For by grace, you've been saved. By grace, you've been saved. By grace, I've been saved. But you can't stop there. Through what? Faith. And that not of yourselves. He's very clear there that you can't do it on your own. It had to be the grace of God, and he gave you the faith to believe. All right? It's not of yourselves. It is a gift. Say it's a gift. Say salvation is a gift. We don't deserve it. Not one of us. We don't deserve it. He says this it's a gift of God, not of works. He says it again, not of yourselves, not of works, lest anyone should boast. God wanted to make it very clear to the people that He was He was giving this message to that you cannot earn your salvation. You can't. And he starts out thanking God for this church. Then he goes on later on in the letter to tell him how messed up they were. But you see, he already knew, even as messed up a church as they were, they were good because of the grace of God. You, you find me a church, and some of you have looked at a lot of them. <laughs> you find me the perfect church, and I'll walk in there and show you that it isn't because I'm walking in. You walk in. You'll make it imperfect if you think it's the perfect church. Some of us have just, oh, man, I want to go here. That pastor, he, is, man, he, he has got you in the palm of his hand, and, and I just love the way they do their church. They're in and out real quick, and I just love everything about it. I, and, and you know that, that's great. That's great if that's where the Holy Spirit tells you to go. But if that's not where the Holy Spirit said for you to go, then you need to be obedient to where the Holy Spirit says to go. Amen? No perfect churches, no perfect people in the churches, Verse 5, that you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Not only do we have faith that goes with grace, but faith also is part of our witness, okay? Because God has blessed you. We heard this this morning in Pam's class. God has blessed us, Ephesians 1, with every spiritual blessing. We are seated in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus himself. He's already blessed us. As a believer, you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Say, I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Well, it's good to know, Lord, uh, Pastor, but I don't feel like it. Then you don't go by feelings. You go by faith. You want to declare every morning, oh, God didn't give me nothing. I'm just, I don't have any gifts. I don't have any. You can declare that all you want to. Then you want to live in that lifestyle. You want to live in that, in the doldrums. You want to live in, 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 depression. You can choose to do that or you can wake up in the morning and say, thank you, Lord, for the gifts that you've given me. I thank you, Lord, that I'm seated in heavenly places with you. I thank you that I'm above and not below. I thank you that I'm, I have the mind of Christ today. So you can get up and say one or the other. I'm telling you what, what's your, who's your identity with? You want to identify with your feelings or you want to identify with faith? Because your witness will be born out of your faith. Not out of your fumbling or your failure. Your witness will be born out of your faith. We've been enriched in everything by Him and all utterance. In other words, in all the speaking, and all the knowledge that God has given us as a testimony that Christ was confirmed in us. By your fruits you shall know them. Anybody ever hung out with somebody and after a while you figure, man, these people are lost. (laughs) And then all of a sudden they tell you about the church they go to. You go, what? You go to church? By your fruits you shall know them. I don't care what you you park yourself in the garage this afternoon. You ain't going to become a car. You just won't. (laughs) I'm a car, I'm a car, I'm a car you're not you're stupid you're stupid you're stupid (laughs) for saying that I'm just mean the testimony of Christ is confirmed in each of us as we live a life of faith verse 7 so that you come short in no gift I love this God the Father says I don't want you to come short in any gift motivational gifts the power gifts all the gifts I don't want you to come short in any of those gifts. Eagerly waiting for the revelation. In other words, the second coming of Christ. Operating those gifts that I've given you until, to my son, till I send him to collect you again. He's coming back. He's going to come back. We don't know. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. I don't know when he's coming back. I think we're close. I, I just do. I think we're close. I don't know. I think Ed went to a prophecy concert, uh, conference last week, and I said, did they tell you the date? <laughs> he said, no. Faith works in, in and through our gifts, church. Many churches don't even teach, many denominations don't even teach that we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's just easier not to teach it, because then you don't get all that messy stuff like laying hands on people and declaring them healed in Jesus' name, even though the Word says to do that. Let's don't do that because that's embarrassing if they don't get healed. (laughs) Oh, that tongues thing, that just sounds like gibberish. (laughs) I think, how many of you had grandchildren that spoke gibberish? Did you kick them out the door and say, that's of the devil? I just thought of that. You know, son, we don't, we don't, we don't put up with that kind. Of Get out of here! Kind, of bind up that demonic spirit. You know, should I move on? Okay. <laughs> He's giving us all these gifts so we could bless other people. He, he, he has. He's just giving us these gifts, these wonderful gifts. The gift of encouragement, the gift of faith, the gift of healings, the gift of miracles. And a lot of churches just say, "Well, we're well, just going to dismiss that. That's that was for then, and this is for now." What is the "this is for now" part? Religion. I'm going to church today, then I'm going to go home and I'm watching football. I'm going go to work, and man, Sunday maybe I'll go to church, maybe I won't. That's my life, and I just love it. Oh man, huh. I don't want religion. We have enough religion in our world to suffocate us all. I want life. I, I, want, I want to go down. And listen, Friday, if you've never been down there, and you quit saying, quit making excuses for not coming and volunteering. If, you get, if you're if you off on Fridays, just come down there and check it out. Come down there, walk among the people that a lot of people go, oh, I'm not going to walk. In I don't want to touch them. I might catch something from them. <laughs> I was talking to Wes about that. He said, Dad, you know, the people that you can catch the most stuff from are people probably wearing the suits and looking and smelling the best. He said, these people are just hungry. They're they're just needy. He said, man, they're they're, they're the least of these. Jesus specifically said, when you do something to the least of these, you've done it to me. So listen, the next time you say, I don't want to touch a homeless person. I don't want to get next to an alcoholic then just say I don't want to touch Jesus I don't want to get next to Jesus because he said when you do it for them you're doing it for him you want to get blessed start reaching out to the people that are less than I feel like one of those black preachers somebody ought to get excited in here (laughs) oh y'all didn't hear me now did you y'all didn't hear me now did you And nobody said, say it again. <laughs> First time I went and spoke at an event, when there were a, it was a mostly black church, and I spoke at this event. <laughs> I was just sharing this. Lady, she said, say it again, pastor, say it again. I said, oh, I guess I'm supposed to say it again. And so I said it again, and here in a minute she said, well, say it again. I said, okay, I'll say it again. I didn't know that's just something they said. Sometimes it bears repeating. God doesn't want us to come short in the gifts, he says. Say, so I want all the gifts. I want everything he's got for me. Them are dangerous words you just said. Because we are armed and dangerous. <laughs> oh, man. The Christian life is, is just an exciting life. It's an adventure. <sighs> Let's quit putting down the church at Corinth. And start going, hey, Paul, you saw a lot of good things in them. You just said a lot of good things about them. With all their problems, you still said, that's God's church. We are God's church. Amen. Verse 8. Who will also confirm you to the end. Oh, this is good. That you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. I'll I'll title this section, Faith and Our Eternal Warranty. Did you know we're warrantied? (laughs) Let me read this in the uh, Amplified Version. Man, it clears it up really well. And he, this is God, will establish you to the end, keep you steadfast, give you strength, and guarantee your vindication. He will be your warrant against all accusation or indictment so that you will be guiltless and irreproachable in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. That ought to get a hallelujah because he is confirming us to the end. We aren't confirming ourselves to the end. We can't confirm ourselves. Only he can do that. He really, he really doesn't want us to rob his glory. Hey God, I'm I'm so glad uh, here at the judgment bar, and I just think I've been pretty good. I've pastored a church, man. We were in a downtown ministry, and, and I just thank you that you, I, man. I'm just I'm good to go. Come on, let me in. Man, I don't think God would, that would fly with God. I think we're going to be going. Oh God, I'm not worthy to enter in. I'm not There's no way I can get in here. On my best day, I was so eons away from your perfection, and He's going to say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant," because my Son paid the price for you. Come on in, come on in, come on in, in all your imperfections. Because when you step into this heaven, when you step in, you're 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 perfect in every way. Because my Son is perfect in you. That's that's what we got to boast only in Him, Church can't boast anything of ourselves. I like this. Dwight Moody said this. God never made a promise that was too good to be true. He never made a promise that was too good to be true. They're all true. Every promise that he made, they sounded too good to be true. This one sounds too good to be true, that he is going to confirm us to the end, but it's the truth. Let me read some other scriptures. I'm going to ask you something. How many of you ever had something, you bought something with a lifetime warranty? Anybody ever... Yeah, yeah, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> Breaks down 20 years later, honey, where is that where is that warranty paper? I, I don't know. It's in the summit, we've hit it somewhere. Usually you can't find those things. You know, we've got we've got all these white chairs. We've got them at Sam's. It's not a plug for Sam's because they, they you know what they're called? Lifetime chairs. Guess what? They're not a lifetime warranty. They're not? You may think they are when you go by a chair there. Oh, it says lifetime. It must mean there. a lifetime warranty. No, 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 no. But see, when we get saved, God said, lifetime warranty. Lifetime warranty. You don't even have to keep the papers. I got a good record keeper. I've got your name written in this book. And your name, when it's written in that book, man, it stays in the book. It stays there because I'm confirming you to the end. Ephesians 4, let me give some more verses. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. It doesn't say until you mess up and we take the seal off. It says we've been sealed until the day of redemption. Now I'm talking about true believers. I'm talking about people that have truly given their life to Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about somebody who's a church member who's been baptized. I'm not talking about somebody that's signed a dotted line. I'm talking about somebody that has asked Jesus Christ to come and save them. And they've given their life to him. Because I know there are the people out there that the naysayers, and so way well, you, you can lose your salvation. Let me read another scripture. Philippians 1.6, being confident, confident, confident of this very thing. Say confident. That's having faith. Being confident of this very thing that he, God, who has begun a good work in you, will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Who's going to complete the work in you? Who's going to complete the work in you? You mean you're not going to complete the work? You're not going to work so hard that God's got to let you in? No. We're not capable of completing the work that he started. It says only he will complete the work. We ought to be glad about that, church, because there are days when there's only one footprint in the sand because you've given up. There's only one footprint in the sand because you've got, oh, God, I just, uh, you don't like me anymore. I know I'm just going to walk away from you. I don't want any part of you. And God's going, I know what you're thinking right now. That's okay. I still got you. I still got you. I'm not going to let go of you. How many of you have been to that place? You just said, I'm just going to climb out of his hands. I'm going to jump out of his hands. I don't want anything to do with him. He is, he is, he has left me in the lurch. He is, he has not come through for me. I asked for a job. I didn't get the job. I wanted to marry that woman and she married somebody else. My wife left me. My kids left me. Oh, 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 God, where are you? You've left me. You've And he said, I got you. I'm carrying you. I'm not going to let go of you. See, if we get that revelation today, your faith level will rise. I believe it'll rise up. And you'll recognize, God, I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want you to have to carry me all the time, but hey, that's okay too. Because it says in your word that I am in the palm of your hand and that no man can snatch me from the palm of your hand. (laughs) We're confirmed to the end. Say, I am confirmed to the end until Jesus comes back and gets me. Or until you die. That's the truth of the matter. Until you die. Verse 9. Last verse. Well, not actually the last. I better take a drink from my microphone. God is faithful. That'll preach. God is faithful. <laughs> say, Harold is faithful. and didn't say that. Said so God is faithful. By whom you were called into the fellowship of his son. Woo! Jesus Christ our Lord. You know, when you took communion today, you, you were fellowshipping with the son. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice or any woman or any person hears my voice and opens the door, just opens the door, I will come in. I will sup with him. I will dine with him and he with me. We have fellowship with the Lord. Now, if you don't like fellowship with the Lord, you ain't going to lie heaven at all. You just won't like heaven if you don't want a fellowship with the Lord because heaven's going to be one big, great fellowship banquet Wedding, feast, whatever you want to call it. We should be looking forward to that. God is faithful by whom you were called. Say, I've been called. called. He's chosen you. Pam was reading the words to uh, who you say I am this morning in her class. And I teared up. I am chosen, not forsaken. in my Father's house. He's got a place for me. He's got a place for you in our Father's house. He's got a place for us. Our faith is founded on the faithful one. That's really what I want to get across to you this morning. Our faith is founded on the faithful one the God who is faithful. Let me read the amplified version of verse 9. God is faithful, reliable, trustworthy, and therefore ever true to his promise, and he can be depended upon. By him you are called into companionship and participation with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Again, let me remind you, he was talking to a church that was messed up. You hear me? So you can be confident of this. I know there's some problems with you. I know some of y'all getting drunk at communion. They were. I know some of you sleep with people you shouldn't be sleeping with. They were. Go read it. He's talking to the church. Two more verses, then we'll close wow, that's way too early for me to finish. You're going, no, it's not. No, it's not, Pastor. You're okay. First Thessalonians 5, 23. These are just faith-filled verses that are going to encourage you. Now may the Lord, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. Again, he's doing it. Understand, he's doing these things. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Again, he's the one that's doing this work in us. Second Thessalonians 3, verse 3. But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. And we have Confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things that we command you. You see, when you, when you understand the faithfulness of God, you're going to want to obey him. You're going to want to walk by faith and not by sight, because by sight gets you in a lot of trouble. By faith, no, because we're walking where God is directing us. That's That's the difference. And you can trust him. Have you ever heard the term married up? Anybody know what married up means? It means somebody somebody married somebody that was way better than them. They married up. I married up. I always say, well, that's my better hat. But, you know, sometimes when you marry somebody, they do make you better. They do. Look at Blenda. She's, she's tapping on David over there. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. You were nothing when I found you, David. And... Oh, sinner boy. What? <laughs> well, here, here's, what the, here's what the Lord showed me. We're the bride. Jesus is the bridegroom. We married up. <laughs> we married up! Woo! We, ma- we sure... Wow, What the-, the wedding gift is... I know guys don't like to hear that we're the bridegroom. Now, this, may- this is the way I think sometimes, but... Jesus, in a sense, is marrying himself because we live in him. Correct? He ain't going to deny himself. He's not going to deny himself. He's not going to kick himself to the curb. He's not going to kick you to the curb. You can be confident of that. If you've given your life to Christ, you are His. Period. Exclamation point. The end. Confirmed. He made us good when we could never make ourselves good. He made us perfect because He's in us and we are in Him. And He is the faithful husband even when we as the bride aren't as faithful as we should be. You know the cool thing about God is He hates divorce and we can't divorce Him. You can't divorce Him. You may want to separate from Him from a while. People do that. But you can't divorce Him. There's no divorce decrees when He says I'm going to complete this. I've got this. I'm the faithful one. You're not so faithful but I am. I will see this through to the end. Aren't you glad we can't divorce God? Okay, those are just some thoughts that should cause your faith to rise up. God has given everyone in this place a measure of faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. You've heard the Word this morning. God's giving you a measure of faith to believe. Just saying... If you're here this morning and don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've heard the word. He's called you to believe in him, trust in him. He's trustworthy. I'm going to tell you the devil is not trustworthy. He's a liar. I'm going to tell you the world is not trustworthy. The world is a liar. I want to tell you something else. Money is not trustworthy. Money is a liar. Fear is a liar. All the things that go contrary to the word of God and contrary to the character of God is a lie. You don't want to get in bed with them. You don't want to get in bed with a lie. So would you stand to your feet this morning? I think there's somebody here who needs to get saved. Ministry team, come quickly. Come on up. You know, a demonstration of the power of God, the power of his word is salvation. That's one of the best demonstrations I know of. If somebody goes from death to life, it's raising the dead. Really what it is is raising the dead. If you don't know Jesus this morning, and please, if you can stay, please stay. Don't, don't take off if you if possibly can. It's distracting, so I want people just to hang still for a little bit. This is life and death right here. Life and death. I'm just going to wait till everything settles down. It's life and death. I should have said that before that. But this is, this is momentous. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a dead person. matter of fact, you're like a dead man walking, dead woman walking, waiting for the sentence. Here's the good news. Jesus has bought and paid for you. All he's asking for you to do is receive him, receive the new life that he will give you in Christ Jesus. So bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, this morning, there's somebody here that's never given their life to you. There's somebody here that's been playing church. There's somebody here that thinks they've been a Christian, but they've never been a Christian because they've never really had a life-changing experience with you. They just walked in the aisle one time. They got in some water one time, joined a church. But today's their day. It's their day. Holy Spirit, you draw them, and may they be obedient to hear your voice clearly, step out and come and receive Jesus Christ. And I pray this in his name. Amen. So just, if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, I want you to step out and come. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. Come on. This is is for you. This is for you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. Thank you, Lord. Come on. For some reason, there's, God just said, there's somebody here that's just been playing the game. They they fool people. They know the right lingo and all that, but they're not really genuine in their faith. Matter of fact, they just have never exercised their faith to receive the grace of God. So if that's you this morning, we're going to pray for you. Make it real. Don't, don't don't leave her with a doubt or a question mark about your faith. Make it real today. Solidify it today. Come on. Anybody else? Y'all y'all bow your heads and just start praying, Christians. I, there's somebody here that just really needs. Could, they, they need to cross the line and, and they're maybe a little embarrassed to do that that's okay he said confess me before man me I'll confess you before the father so step out and come will y'all spread out guys Randy Would y'all spread out Rita Eileen Irene Mary Lou you and Brandy Pam, this is a good day. people are getting free today. People are getting saved today. That's a hallelujah day. Come on. Don't leave here this morning. Don't leave here this morning thinking, well, I think I'm saved. I'm not sure I'm saved. You know, I kind of think I should go up there. Do it today. Because he's going to take you from this point on and he is going to make you who he wants you to be. He is going to confirm you to the end. He's going to do a good work in you. He's going to complete it. Even through all our failures, all of our sin, God's going to complete it. Anybody else this morning? We want to pray for you. We Definitely want to pray for you. Maybe some of you are struggling this morning just with, with your salvation. You're struggling with it. And the enemy keeps trying to tell, oh, you're not saved. But you know you are. And the enemy's trying to rob you and steal that joy of your salvation. Like like he stole from David, King David. He said, God, he says, I repent. He said, restore to me the joy of, of your salvation. Did you ever notice that verse? It didn't say restore the joy of my salvation. You ever hear that, Martha? It's restore the joy of your salvation. He's the one that does it. Even then he did it. So if you're struggling with, I'm not sure, and I want to be sure. Or the enemy's been beating you up and beating and hammering you because you're not good enough. This morning, you are good enough by the blood of Jesus. Step out and come. We want to pray for you. We got these three prayer warriors right here that would pray for you. Ladies, come on. Men, we got men in the back that will pray for you. Men, if you're a man here this morning, we've got men in the back that will pray for you. Come on. let's, Let's do business with God. Let's give him. Let's turn everything over to him today. If you need prayer, listen. If you need prayer for healing today, let somebody pray for you. Let one of these ministry teams, let them anoint you with oil. Let them pray the prayer of faith. Eric comes up every Sunday because he wants to see. And I thank you. I'm never going to get tired of him stepping up here and saying, come on, pray for me. He ain't giving up. We shouldn't give up either. Step out and come this morning. Step out and come. Step out and come. We want to pray for you. Come on. Pam, do you need another lady over here, David, to pray? Pam, could you come down here? Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't leave this morning wondering, "I I hope I get there. Make sure of your salvation don't let the enemy guilt you and believe that you're less than. Because you don't do this and you don't do this and don't do that. Don't let the enemy win. He is a loser and a liar. Don't partner with him anymore. And you just bow your heads. Let's just, I want you to thank God this morning. I want you to thank him for the times when he was carrying you. And you and you actually thought, well, God, where, have you, where are you? Where have you been? And he would tell you this morning, those times you see one set of footprints, that was mine, not yours, because I was carrying you. Just thank him for those times that he's carried you, that he was so graceful to carry you. And, Father, I just bless this body of believers at Freedom Fellowship. I bless them that their faith would rise up because we see how faithful you are and we want to come in agreement with your faithfulness and we want to be faithful people you're looking for people of faith may people that when we walk out these doors and we live the life that you call us to live may the world see that we are a faithful people and that we understand that our God will never leave us he will never forsake us he will never let us down